Welcome to the Kingdom Advancing Ministries podcast. My name is Pastor Virgil Lofty, better known to some of you and a lot of you as Pastor V. And I'm Prophetess Tanya Lofty, and we are so happy that you're here. Here at TCAM, it is our mission to bridge the gap between the church and the community. As we prepare to celebrate God's faithfulness to us and the official launch of a location, you can join us live online for communion and Bible study. And of course, make sure you subscribe to listen to the replay of those messages right here on the podcast. On behalf of myself, Pastor V. And me, Prophetess Tanya. And the entire TCAM family. We want to say thank you. God bless you for tuning in and being a part of the podcast. We pray that this message and these messages will be a blessing to you and will allow you and help you advance the kingdom of God. Amen. So be blessed by what you hear. And listen, the Bible tells us to not just be a hearer of the word, but be a doer of the word also. Thank you, praise you, Father, for this is the day that you have made, God, that we will be rejoicing and be glad in the God. Thank you for what you're doing in the lives of your people, Father, and in this ministry, God. Thank you for having your way, God. Glory to God. We thank you for the word that will be um, brought forth from today, God. Thank you, Father, for revelation knowledge, God. Thank you for all that will be done and all will be revealed on this morning, God. Thank you for changing our lives according to the word. And by virtue of what we hear on today, let us not just be hearers of the word, but doers, Father, for we know that it's the doers of the word that will be blessed. And God, we give you glory, honor, and praise. God, we thank you for the gifts of the Spirit being in full operation on today. Heal, deliver, set free. Do what you do best, God. Miracles, signs, and wonders, God. We give your name praise. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You guys agree, shout amen, type amen, do what you need to do out there on this morning, amen. Well, good morning again. I am Pastor V. My government name is Pastor Virgil, but I'm affectionately known as Pastor V. I've been calling, um, well, I didn't call myself that. They gave me Pat, they gave me V as a as a child because people would say call my name Verlo, Virgo. Berlin, Virgo, Virgin, I've been called a little bit of everything. So I, I said, well, since you called me V, let me help you not botch my name no more. Call me V. So you don't call me anything other than that. And listen, a lot of times when people call me things, it ain't what you call me, it's what I answer to, amen? And so listen, here's a, 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 a topic or a conversation that, we, um, that God has been sharing with me, and I want to share with you guys because I know it's going to bless you guys, because it blessed me all week long, because it was an ongoing conversation with God and I about this topic all week, and it's not a conversation that I was not trying to have, not trying to minister this, it was a conversation that he just kept showing me and showing me and showing me, and so he, so let me just talk about it. let me bring y'all in on our conversation, and, and it'll bless your lives, amen. The conversation that I was having with God and we were talking about is, why most people struggle, believers are at the head of the line and non-believers. Why most people don't come into the body of Christ? 
or struggle or the fight with coming into the body of Christ. Some people equate church with body of Christ. So for the sake of our conversation, we're going to say body of Christ. And some people struggle with coming to church, the physical building, because you are, as a believer, you are the church. But people struggle with coming into the building. Why, why do they struggle coming in the building? We and God were talking. And it was like, we will have the conversation. People struggle because people believe that they have to be washed and clean before they come into the building. Before they surrender their lives to God, they have to have rain as far as they can run. They would they had to get all, all the sin, all the fornication. I'm cussing my last cuss. I'm smoking my I'm smoking my last joint. I drank my last drink. People believe that they had to get all of that out of their system only to come into the body of Christ and still yet do the same thing. And so here's what I tell you and what we had our conversation with. Because see, a lot of people believe that you, why do you feel like well, this is, y'all heard this saying, that people, this is called the hospital. Why do people feel like they got to wrap their own wounds before they come into the hospital? There has to be a life of perfection or a life of masquerading and cleaning or cleansing this before you come into a place where sick people are supposed to come. Hurt people are supposed to come. Wounded people are supposed to be able to come within the wall in the doors of this ministry. And but most people struggle with that because people feel like they gotta have it all worked out. Before they come into the body of Christ. When they don't realize that God can handle your sin. Zach, whoever's doing it for a message on today, God can handle your sin. Nothing you do in your life or have done in your life or will do in your life catches God off guard. There's no sin that you could commit, you have commit, or you will commit that God cannot handle, has not handled. Amen. But people believe that they got to get it all out because they think that God will be at all or shocked. You did that? You were part of that? You participated in that? And what I want to free you on is tonight, or today is, because it ain't night, but it may be night somewhere with anybody listening around the world. But I want to free you on today that nothing you can do or have done shocks God in any way. Amen. And if he's a God who can handle our sin, he's a God who's already set this place in motion to be able to help you understand that there's freedom in him from your sin. Let's talk about it, just in case, because people are bound, and a lot of you who are listening to me won't come in because you don't think God loves you, and God cares about you, and that he can free you from your sin, and that he's able to look beyond your sin. See, sin is a bondage. And as long as you hold on to sin, you are in captivity. You will never be free as long as you believe 
that sin is always your portion. Because a lot of you believe that you can never get beyond sin. How can God love me because of all that I've done? I'm glad you asked that. I'm going to tell you, and we're going to give you some answers to that on this morning. Listen, let's start out with this. Romans 7, verse 18. Because see, here, I'm going to give, give you scriptures that people lean on to stay in bondage. Romans 7, 18 tells us that, for I am, for I know that in me, talking about your flesh, dwelleth no good thing. See, people hold on to that scripture. That's one bonding, that's a, that's a freeing and a bonding scripture, depends on how you look at it. The bondage of that scripture for a lot of you guys, when your mind is not set to God, you, the first thing you'll tell yourself is, in my flesh dwell no good thing. So at any drop of a dime, I'm going to cuss you out because in my flesh dwell no good thing. But that's why we have to buffer our flesh. So we all see what, see, because see, we can find excuses to do wrong, but we don't accept the, we don't, we don't accept the freedom of scripture. We only receive the bonding of certain things. Why? Because it fits the lifestyle that we choose. So when you read that scripture, for in my flesh dwelleth no good thing, you tell yourself, whenever you want to do wrong, man, listen, Romans tell me that I'm, there's all there's something in my flesh that just gonna always want to do wrong. And that's true. But you don't have to give in to the whims of your flesh. He's giving you power when you accept him as your Lord and say, he's giving you power over your flesh. Let's keep talking. Turn them. These scriptures will give you a couple of scriptures that hold people in bondage. Where people and people rely on these scriptures when they want to do evil or when they want to do wrong. Psalm 51 and 5. These are not scriptures to do wrong, but these are scriptures that people hold on to in their wrong. Because as I always told you guys, most of the Bible was written not to the non-believers. But to you, believer, to you who say, I'm the blood, of, I'm, I've been born again. The Bible was written mostly for you, for us. I know that some of y'all might, well, Pastor, you're not included in that? Oh, of course I am. I'm not excluded from, from living this life. But we're going to talk about me since you want to talk about me. I'm going to talk about me. Psalms 51 and 5. Behold, the Bible tells us, I was shaped in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. So we hold on to these things to tell us that we were born in sin and fastened, shaped in iniquity. Absolutely we were. We were born in sin. Doesn't mean we have to continue to sin, but we yes, we were born. As 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 coming through the womb of our mother, we entered into this world with sin. Being at the focal point. Absolutely we did. And, let's, and, and here's how we bear that out. Turn your Bibles to 1 John. That's 1 John. Not John. 1 John. First John. Chapter 3. 
You go all the way past Romans, Acts, First John. Yeah, now I'm just helping somebody out for you who, who's, who's navigating your Bible. It's closer to Revelations. First John chapter three. Let's pick it up in verse four. And I know translation for you guys are always big. Y'all know my translation. Not one is one of them. It's the Passion translation. And it tells us anyone who indulges in sin. And who, who habitually, one translation says, lives morally for the definition of sin is breaking God's law. And it also says, and you know without a doubt that Jesus was revealed to eradicate sin. He was, he was made available to eradicate. That means to get rid of. To do away with sin. And there is no sin in him. Anyone who continues to live in union with him will not sin. So if you as a believer or another, if you want to be in union with God, then you will have to do away with sin. That's why God, that's why I told you, he can handle your sin. He came to eradicate it. Sin doesn't exist with God. Anyone who continues to live in the union with him will not sin. But the one who continues sinning hasn't seen him without, hasn't seen him without discernment or know him by intimate experience. So you can't you, there's no discerning of because you have you don't have the spirit of God in you where you can discern sin and what's going on concerning the life that you now want to live opposed to the life that you were living. And the other thing it tells us that you have no intimacy with God. If you don't have the spirit of God on the inside of you, there's no possible way that you can have intimacy with God. What you mean, Pastor B? There's no way that he's, he's, he's shedding light and wisdom and revelation on the inside of you or giving you insight because you don't even have a relationship with him. See, people, first of all, we need to start with making sure that we have a relationship with God. Sin is only prevalent in your life when you don't have a relationship with God. But how can you say that, Pastor me when so many people go to church and they constantly sinning? I, I, I submit to you that just because they walk into a building doesn't mean they have a relationship. Amen. I walk into a fire department don't make me a fireman. <laughs> so just because you walk into a building that's called a church don't make you a believer in the things of God. And see, here's another point. Most Christians don't believe the word of God. People have a people have a form of godliness. People have a thought process of what they believe God is. And most people believe not by virtue of revelation and intimacy. They believe what they've been told about God. 
which is how most people form their relationships with God. Most people don't have a one-on-one -on -one with God. Most people have a one, three, four, five, six relationship with God. I believe what she told me about God, what he told me about God, but I don't know God to believe it for myself. That's why people stay in sin. Because people are not, I'm talking about believers here, or form of godliness people. Most form of godliness people don't know God. They know people who know God. And that's what gets people in trouble. Because when it's time to get down and dirty concerning your relationship with God, they fall all the time because they never had the intimacy that the scriptures talk about to be able to discern what that spirit of the enemy is and why they fall into sin so easily. How can you as a believer who say I'm speaking, I speak in tongues, I have a relationship with God and I do the moonwalk and the spirit across the altar saying that, I'm, that I'm, I'm praising God, but at any moment you put your religion down to act like the world. I submit to you that there was nothing inside of that person in the beginning to put it down so easily. How can you put down something that takes up this abode on the inside of you and now has become a full part of you? How are you so able to put something? I can't put my arm down. My arm is a part of me. I can take off my glasses because I just put it on for window dressing. And most people put their, their, their spirituality on as window dressing. Why? Because I mask everything about what I say I am so you can be a, so I can get your approval about what you think I am. Ooh, come on, Pastor. And see, that's why God can handle our sin and we can't. Because we conform, but he never does. Man, man performs, but God reveals. See, we all, we all, see, we are performance-based people. God is a proving spirit. He proves his word with signs following. See, we all, we see mankind have to perform their reality, their religiosity, or their spiritual acrimen. We feel like we gotta show people how spiritual we are. Mm. Instead of living a life that proves who God is, we have to perform. See, God can handle our sin. We gotta get into we gotta get into a place where we trust that He can handle our sin. See, when we give God out, when we we got y'all got that song, take your burdens to the Lord. See, when we get into a place where we know when we give it to God, He got it. See, but a lot of us are Indian givers. See, we give it to God and we take it back. Why? Because we don't believe that He can handle it. But when I came when I came to God. I, he said, when he told me to cast all my cares upon him, because he cares for me, when I did that, I no longer took them. They're no longer mine. 
And then when I when when he told me when I came to Christ, he said, if I repent, and then the, then here's a good thing, he will cast my sins into the sea of forgetfulness. Never to remember them. Who am I to remember them? Now I he calls me into remembrance, not to hold me in bondage, but to give a testimony of where he brought me from and the things he delivered me out of. That's the only reason I give an account to the things I used to do. I don't give an account to the things I used to do, hoping that one day I can go back. I give an account thanking God that I will never look back. I will never go back. Why? Because I believe that he handled them then and he can handle them now. Yeah, see, I'm not ashamed to tell people that he brought me out of sin. He brought me out of darkness. He brought me out of a place that I couldn't pay for. There was not enough money I can ransom my life for. But Jesus did it. And because he did it, I don't have to do it. Who Jesus. I hope y'all getting this out there. And it says, anyone who continues to live in a union with him will not sin, but the one who continues sinning hasn't seen him with um, discernment or knowing him by intimate experience. Delightfully loved, loved children, don't let anyone divert you from this truth. The person who keeps doing what is right, prove, I said we are proving, that he is righteous before God. Even the Messiah is righteous. But the one who is who indulges in sin in a sinful life is of the devil. Now, I didn't call you the devil. Don't get mad at me for reading the scripture. The Bible, the word of God says that if you believer, this ain't talking about a heathen. This is talking about the believer. If you indulge in a sinful life, you are of the devil. What do you mean, Pastor? Indulging means you, you welcome sin. You look for an avenue to get involved in sin. See, a smart believer runs from anything that does not represent God. And I'm not talking about running because there's God hasn't given us a spirit, but he's given us a spirit of wisdom. And I'm not telling us to run in a term, in a term but sometimes you may have to run. Sometimes you may have to run out of your clothes. But people indulge in sin. How can you say you love God and at the same time you're looking for something sinful to get involved in? You indulge in, 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 in lustful conversations. You're, in lustful, you're, you're involved in conversations. You're, you're in the back of the church talking about your church. How can you be a part of a, a ministry and yet you in the back talking about the very ministry that you are a part of? When he's called you to speak life to dead situations, if it's dying, then you ought to be the one who's speaking life to it. 
You should be yelling. Why are you speaking? You, when somebody's speaking evil about the place where you worship, you should be in the back yelling. Clear! What does that mean? You are, you are shocking life into the dead person who's talking. You're telling them, hey man, listen, we don't speak death around here. This is the wrong place to come around speaking death. We speak life. Why? Because we believe in the power of God. And anything dead walking in this building becomes alive. Nothing dies around here because there's so much life in here. Why is there so much life? Because the life of God is life. The word of God is life. So we we so we allow people to come in and, and, and you and believe we indulge in sin. Why be a partaker that when God says he can handle our sin? Which means we can be in, now listen. Let me be careful. Let me let me be clear with us on this. I in this scripture, and I am not saying that you will not be tempted and you will not be tried to sin. There may not, they won't, I'm not saying that there won't be occasions where you be on a mm, you be at the edge. And sometimes you may fall. It's not a license to stay in sin. Amen. It's a conversation of acknowledging where you are and get stronger. So you know God has strengthened me to overcome. He's called me to be an overcomer. I can overcome sin. He's given me the power. Okay, let me prove it out. Romans 3 and 23. It tells all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We all have. We all have sinned. Not one of us have come through this life or it has, and, and remaining in this life that have not fallen victim to sin. But there's an answer for that. We are overcomers through sin. Amen. And James, listen, and it's important that we know that even in, in Romans 6 and 11, Likewise, reckon ye yourself also to be to be dead indeed to sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ. So you have to reckon yourself to be likewise. You got to be dead to sin, and you got to come alive to the things of God. That if you say that God has called you out of darkness and placed you in this marvelous light of knowing who Jesus Christ is as your Lord and Savior, then you ought to reckon yourself dead to sin. What do you mean, Pastor? I don't do what they do no more. I don't respond like they respond. Why? Because God, he took all my sin. He handled that at the cross for me. He handled our sin. You don't have to walk around simple. For saying it's just a sinner. No, you're not. Once you've been set, once you listen, whom the sun set free is free indeed. You don't have to keep singing that song over your life. You are not a saint or sinner. For saying it's just a sinner. Who well, I can't think of the song. This is great. I don't I don't sing that song and no shot to who sang it. No, no diss to the individual who wrote it, who sang it. It just speaks against the word of God. It contradicts the word of God. 
and, 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 and just his behavior. We should, we don't have to be reminded of sin if we are children of God. So what did that mean? We are, we don't have to live a life of sin conscious. But the problem is most of you Christians are in, are indulging and living a life of sin. That's why the world, listen, the world will never respect the body of Christ in full. Because too many believers who say they're believers, I'm telling you, I, 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 too many people who say they love God don't live a life that shows that they love God. We are so intimate with loving the world. We want approval from everybody other than God. That's why the message, God can handle your sin. If he can handle your sin, why do you need approval from the world? Why do we feel like we got to act like them, be like them, dress like them, talk like them, look like them when he called us to be separate, to stand apart? Just because you wear Jones and I wear Jones don't mean I have to act like you. And listen, it's more than just the appearance, but the Bible tells us that we ought to shun the very appearance of things that look evil. Because if somebody in the street can say, man, that looks suspect, what do you what do you think <laughs> they think about you? Believer. Cover your backside when you're out there winning. Don't have the world looking at you like they look at the world. Now I'm not saying that you don't that you don't dress how you dress and what your physical shape is. I don't know. What that may look like to you is what it is to you. But you should not be having that be the focal point of who people are. Where they're so busy looking down where they never look up. Mm, hallelujah. Mm. The same with men. Pick your pants up. Yes. I shouldn't see a skin mark in the back of your pants because you got your britches hanging down. Pull your pants up. You got a belt on and you still got your pants hanging down. How backwards is that? If you are a young man trying to get your... Man, I know y'all. I hear y'all mothers out there. I hear y'all mothers out there. But Pastor B, they trying to get it right. Yeah, they are. But it's my job that they're in there moving to trying to get it right to ensure them this is the way to get it right, not that way. To be taken serious you got to look a certain way. Yeah. It's not conforming. It's doing what God has called you. We are to look different than the world does. Why? Because I have, listen, I have two young men in my house that's on college campuses that may marry one of you guys' wives. You don't want my kid showing up to your door looking any kind of way. You would expect Pastor B's child to look a certain way. Don't tell me you wouldn't. <laughs> so don't so don't get mad with me because I'm talking about someone that it may represent your child. I'm telling you, if you see my kid come up to your daughter's house, I mean to your house to pick up your daughter, 
You will expect by virtue because it's passive means key to look a certain way. The same way God does with us. God expects us to present ourselves a certain way. And it's not all about the it's not all about this, but he tells us that he told us to come out from among them and be separate. How can we be separate if we look like them? If we do what they do, if we partake in sin, I know that you no know, smoking marijuana and all that stuff is the end thing. Drink it. Man, they got I'm selling um probably telling you on this week. I mean on last week, I was in the place getting something to eat, and they had these cans that look like soda cans. And they call it cider. If you don't watch yourself, you will, somebody will pick that up and be drinking alcohol, thinking that it's some kind of cider. Oh man, pineapple cider! All the time you come out, you you wild because man, you done, you drunk, man. But they're masking things to appeal to the masses. And the same thing that sin is. Sin is doing things to appeal to the masses, and most Christians have stopped following God to follow the world. Why? Because it appeals to the masses. It looks better on them. Oh, man, I've been walking with the Lord for 20 years, but I had, I had to break away from that because it was too restrictive. What? What? What's restrictive? About being holy? So when they when I hear that, the first thing I say is you don't want you don't want no restrictions or guidelines in your life. You want to do whatever you want to do. You want to do whatever you want to do. And here's the kicker for y'all. Most people are gonna get to the end of this thing and gonna miss heaven. They're going to miss heaven. Let's read verse 9. I'm still in 1 John chapter 3. Verse 9 tells us, everyone who is truly God's child will refuse to keep sinning. Everyone who is truly God's child will refuse to keep sinning because God's seed remains within him. Woo, Jesus. So if God remains in you, there's no way you can sin. There's no way you can sin. And then, and he is unable to continue sin because he has been fathered by God himself. It's telling you, you can't continue sin if you are in God. There's no way you can do it. Absolutely no way you can do it. And listen, he is, um, he is well, let me, do I, should I read this part? He, here's how God's children can be clearly disgusted from the children, from, from children, distinguished from the children of the evil one. Everyone who does not demonstrate righteousness and shows love to fellow believers is not living with God has, and, and, and as his source. If you're not living with God and, you, and you're not representing Christ, there's no way you can't demonstrate that. You can't demonstrate nothing that you don't have on the inside of you. If God is not on the inside of you, there's no way you can demonstrate God. That's why I started out by saying most people have mom and daddy, cousin relationship, sister, auntie, auntie's relationship with God, but don't have their own personal relationship with God. I'm big on telling my children, you know, it's okay that you know that Jesus Christ is your mom and I serve, but then you need to make that personal. Make 
that's your introduction. Come to know Jesus, the, the, the Jesus Christ that your mother and your father served, but get to know that Jesus for yourself. Make that personal. Because you're not gonna, you're not gonna go from glory, you're not gonna go from this life to glory with my relationship. You're gonna be, you're gonna make that in on your relationship. The same thing for us out here. It's because your mama know God, your grandmama knew God, they were prayer. They were prayer warriors from back in the day. That don't mean nothing. That prayer was just enough to get you in. Now what are you going to do with your entrance? Are you going to stay in or are you going to try to use God as a revolving door? Okay, God, I'm here today. but Nah, I don't trust you today. I'm here today. Nah, I don't trust you. See, that's what most people do. Well, you need a blessing from God. I'm all in, God. <laughs> Yeah, I'm all in God, but the moment you you get what you need or you feel like you got what you need, I thought you was going to church. Nah, man, all they want is your money. They start talking like that. That's people who who really don't, they hide and cold, they in and out. And that's why it's, this, this message is about, you know, God can, see, if, when you realize that God can handle and has handled all those issues of sin. Because see, everything sin is, sin is, sin, sin boils down to a, a bunch of things. But one of the most, one of the greatest things I've recognized about sin is sin is a lack of trust. See, people sin because they don't trust God. There's no patience in trusting God. So they try to run ahead of God and manufacture their own blessings. See, if I go get a loan and get the car that I've been believing for, but you knew I released my faith for, but I go get a loan and just try to jump ahead of God. He told me specifics. But I go get a, I go get a loan to manufacture. Now what I've done is I've tried to manufacture a miracle in my life. And what happens when those things happen? The Bible says that the blessings of the Lord make it rich and adds no sorrow. But when, that, when the repo man comes to get my car, the repo man told me to get my car because I made my car happen. And how many of y'all know? That's a sin within itself. Because now you're blaspheming and you tell people, look what God did. God ain't had nothing to do with that. Now you told you, you blaspheming and you lied on God. You, you, you tried to equate God into your mess to help cover the mess that you got yourself in. In some cases, he knows he'll help us. But when he knows your pride is in the way and he knows he, he ain't going to get no glory out of that, no, no way, shape, form. Yeah. Come get it. They had to do me in the first place. And here's the scripture that we all, that, that people need to understand about God can pay, and God can handle what we're going through in life. The, the scripture tells us, for the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. How many of y'all want eternal life out there? But we understand that the wages of our sin is death. So here's the question that I have for you. If we understand that the wages of sin is death, why do you keep paying for something that was already paid for? Why do you keep making deposits on a debt that God had already paid? If the wages, wages is a payment, and y'all know sin is gonna get some kind of payment out. Whether it's gonna get some, it's gonna get a piece of flesh, a pound of flesh out you. 
It's going to get your time. It's going to get something out of you that you got to pay for that you cannot repay. So if the wages of sin is death, and we know that as believers, why do we keep paying for something that God already paid for? That's stupidity. That means you got the shoes, but you keep going back to the store. You paid them one time, but you keep going back to the store. Oh, man, these shoes look so good. I got to pay you again. And the next time you, hey, man, these shoes, they still holding up. I got to pay you again. That's what sin does. You get so in deep and intrigued and so intrigued, you get stuck in sin that you keep paying for something over and over and over again. How many of you guys been in things and you're a part of a relationship that you just keep paying for? Over and over, you just digging a deeper hole for yourself. You know that this is this is going nowhere. The tires keep spinning, but I'm still paying for it. I'm still this is the engine is gone in the car, but you're still paying for it. That's what sin does. The wages of sin is death. And if you know it to be a wage, y'all know what wage is a payment. And the ultimate payment of your that you're gonna have to pay for sin is your life. But yet you keep making small deposits here while you're alive, and then you ultimately can't pay enough, then you have to pay with your life. But he said the gift of God is eternal life. Listen, God, Jesus paid the ultimate price for our sin. His life. His life paid for our sins. It paid it all. It paid it all, y'all. So don't let your sin be the, the doorstop to keep you from coming into the body. There's no one who came to God who was perfect. Not a one. There's not a one who's still in the body of Christ who's perfect. So when we when you hold when you use that as a crutch for not coming in, you are lying, you are deceiving, and you're being dishonest to God. God, and you don't listen, you gotta know God, I trust you. And those who are in the body of Christ, listen, you can be free from your sin. You don't have to keep doing the same old, same old because you're used to doing the same old, same old. For some of us, sin is a routine, sin is a habit. But he can break our habit of sin. He's broken our habit of sin. You just got to trust God with your life. To know he has a better plan for your life than you do. Oh, man, I'm mean, listen. I want to encourage you on today. That if that's you, stop allowing the enemy to remind you of what you used to do. And you need to accept God and receive God for what the newness of life can bring to you. You need to repent. Deacon, minister, pastor, bishop, altar worker, whatever your role is, it's never too powerful to say, God, I repent. Yeah, God, I need to get it right. You can handle my sin. Yeah. You know what I'm into. I know you know what I'm into. 
help free me, God. So I can be free and I'll never go back to it. And when the next thing show up, thank you for giving me the power to be able to walk through it. To be able to walk past it. Amen. Glory to God. That's what some of us need. Come on, turn to yourself. God, give me the power to walk past sin. Amen. Listen, let's pray. Father, I thank you, Father, for all those, Father, who are out there. God, thank you for their life, Jesus. Thank you for the power over sin and being free from sin. God, as a result of this message, God, thank you, Father, for delivering us, for healing us, cleansing us, and making us whole from the power of the enemy. Sin has no more dominion over me. Come on, you declare that out there. Sin has no more dominion over me. Yeah, I'm a child of the Most High God. I'm free from sin. Glory to God. Yeah, and I pray that God will do something in your life. He will touch you. He will heal you. Romans 8 and 2 says, For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. So turn your neighbor, type it, say, I've been made free from the law of sin and death. Glory to God. Hey, listen, if you need a church home, consider reaching out to us here at the Kingdom Advancing Ministry. If you need to be born again, listen, wherever you are, lift your hands. We pray that the power of the Almighty God, we come in agreement with you. We stretch, we stretch our hands towards you, wherever you are, your home, your car, wherever you are, we stretch our hands to you. We decree and declare that the, how, that the Holy Spirit will fill you right now. You'll be filled with the Spirit of the Almighty God, with the evidence of speaking in tongues as the Spirit of God gives us. We decree and declare over your life that if you need healing, that the power of God is available to heal from the crown of your head to the very sole of your feet. Be made whole in Jesus' name. And listen, if you're out there and you walked away from God, come on. There's nothing out there. There's nothing out there that can save you and love you like Jesus Christ came. There's no other power in this earth that can treat you the way God can. He will love you with an everlasting love. He forgives you when you transgress, when you transgress, or when you when you sin against. He loves you, and he's always waiting for you to come back to make it right with him. Because he wants to, he's always available to make it right. He can handle it. Nothing you've been a part of shocks God. Don't think about any sin. Think about any sin that you've been a part of. If it shocks you, it don't shock God. And listen, he loves you in spite of. He loves murderers. He loves fornicators. Yeah, he does. He loves liars. Hey, listen. He even, listen, y'all know, he loved Peter so much that he knew Peter was going to deny him. Was going to say, oh, I don't know that man. Who was that? He knew. He told Peter that he was going to do it. 
but the, the end of that story was not just he left Peter. He restored Peter. Why? Because he so loved him. And if he loved Peter, the very one he called to walk on water, who Jesus, he knew was going to deny him. That's what I'm telling you. Nothing catches God off guard. Even when he called Peter to walk on water, he knew that Peter was going to deny him. Jesus, man, that's awesome. And he knew that when he called you, the first, the second, the third, even the fifth time, the sixth time, the tenth time, that you would deny him. But guess what? He's still calling. And he knows that there's an answer that you're going to have for him. So listen, trust God with your life. Let God deliver you. Come on, give it to God. And watch him, he'll wash you white as snow. Yeah, and if you take communion on some first Sundays or whatever Sunday you take it on and you don't trust God to deliver you from your sin, you need to repent and you need to get it right because no need to taking up the body and of the blood and you don't trust God. Listen, we thank you. We love you guys for your time on this morning. God can handle your sin. So give it to him. He said, cast all your kids. Bring all your burdens. Bring all your problems. Bring all your sorrow to him. He's more than able to handle it. Amen. Listen, we love you. We appreciate you. We thank God for you here at the Kingdom Advancing Ministry. If you, listen, need a church home, come on. Consider partnering with us. If you need to be baptized, reach out to us on the website and let us know if you're in this Merlin, D, um, Merlin um, Virginia area, D.C. area, let us know if you want to be baptized. We'll, we'll have someone reach out to you, coordinate with you, and get you down in the water. Yeah. As an act of, 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 of your death, of, the, of Jesus Christ's death, burial, resurrection, and listen, you're going to go down one way, but I guarantee you're going to come up victorious, shouting, giving God praise, speaking in tongues. We know that the Spirit of God is all in the water when you go down, and when you come up, you are a new creature. Everything old about you was left in the bottom of that pool. Yeah, we'll rejoice with you. I promise you we will. Listen, we love you here with the love of the Lord. And listen, until next week, come join us. Check us out on the 23rd here. And on on Wednesday night Bible study. We love you with the love of the Lord. Go be kingdom advancing. Y'all, Lord, stay on with us. We're going to come and we're going to say hi to you, love upon you. Shake, not shake your hand, but shake your hand virtually. We're going to hug your neck virtually. And we're going to lay, we're going to pray some God's blessings over you virtually. Listen, we love you here. Go be kingdom advancing. Till next week and Wednesday, be blessed.